fellowship. It's more than just enjoyable lunch table conversation. It's a priority for God, evident in numerous biblical instructions to love and support one another. This episode reflects on the special closeness we enjoy throughout the brotherhood, as well as some hindrances to that fellowship. It's our privilege this morning to talk about a topic that's near and dear to probably every apostolic Christian's heart. I'm Rick Platner from Fairbury. And I'm Jeff Grimm from Goodfield. We'd like to talk this morning a little around the topic of fellowship. We want to talk about what it is, what it means, how we've seen it play out in our lives, biblical examples, the need to guard and nurture it, and overall express a thankfulness for what this word means to us. I remember really clearly um, years ago when you were still in Peoria and at the shoe store, and I was going through, I think I had just recently been put into the ministry and I was going through some, some tough things. I don't even remember what they were now, but I gave you a call and we went and met at those in, from the Peoria area. Remember, there used to be a, a restaurant called Vinokens Junction. And we met over there, and I can remember it as clear as a bell. And just that special, we ate lunch together. And um, I don't even remember for sure what all we talked about, but I remember the experience, and I remember it being very impactful for me in my life. And it's just... You know, we can go on and on talking about the relationships that we've been blessed with in our church family throughout the years and how it helps us in beautiful ways. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I too, remember some of those early days. And, you know, the Bible says it in the New Testament, we're members one of another. It's so interesting to think about how that plays out in our life. I think of a biblical example of Paul and Silas as they were thrown in prison there in Ephesus. And we know the story how God opened the prison doors and they were loosed from their bonds. But later they were released and having been beaten and in prison, they found their way over to the house of Lydia. And the scripture records that they comforted the brethren. And so we think of that fellowship, what you shared, you kind of made it sound like I comforted you, but I think it was mutual. I think I was probably as big a receiver as I was a giver. And I think the Bible's clear. That's what this fellowship is about. The Apostle Paul was not only the giver of this beautiful fellowship, but he was a recipient. There's a, a instance in the 28th chapter of the book of Acts as he's making his pilgrimage to Rome. And we don't know, it doesn't tell us all the feelings on Paul's heart, but there was probably some fear, probably some apprehension. In their journeys, there were some brethren that heard of them and they came. And it simply says this, when Paul saw them, he took courage and thanked God. And I think so many times I may approach this fellowship as what can I gain? What's God got for me tonight or today or in this experience? But it's so beautiful when it works biblically that it can just flow from heart to heart. It really is our common experience. Brother Jeff, you want to make a start in a definition of what fellowship is? Yeah, so a couple of things that come to my mind, Rick, and just looking up some definitions as well, is companionship of persons, um, just uh, a state of being together, uh, partnership or association. When I think of it in uh, in the terms of our 
of our um, Apostolic Christian Fellowship, it just goes much beyond all that. It goes to the depths of of being in Christ and um, and just sharing that common love together. Those are wonderful definitions. And when I think of the definition of fellowship, I think of communion, partaker. It's obvious God never meant us to do this alone. This is something we do together. There's an old bluegrass hymn that I, I just love that that talks about the right hand of fellowship. Here's the words it says, we would thank him for his grace and before we parted ways, every neighbor would extend, and in our case, not only the right hand of fellowship, but the kiss of charity. And all it meant was I'd be there and I'd remember you in prayer. And it made family out of friends. Not only being the people of God, we're brethren. Absolutely. Uh, in First John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And uh, just find that to be so true. In Galatians 2, 9, it says, And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. It's quickly becoming apparent that the word fellowship isn't just a word. Most of us grew up with that word. It was a word we heard. But it was kind of exciting to see it begin to take root in our lives. We saw how it began to play out as we answered the call to repentance and we turned our heart to the Lord and became a part of this beautiful fellowship. We learned that we were a part of a body, that we were members one of another. The Bible is pretty complete in the thought of one another's. We read that we should love one another, we should edify one another, we should admonish one another, we should greet one another. There are just so many examples that teach us that this fellowship is so robust that it, it just brings us together in so many ways. And the beauty, the beauty of the Bible is it not only introduces the concept of a fellowship with the Heavenly Father, as John said, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, but it's also with each other, and that's such a blessing. The Bible, in addition, gives us examples. David and Jonathan are just a great example of of two that really just had a special love for each other and um, and were so close and, and had that uh, mutual respect and and fellowship, really. The Bible example of Jonathan and David is a beautiful example of, of, of that deep love, that kinship. There's a brother in the Goodfield Church who was adopted as a baby. The, the story was that he came to Ellis Island as maybe a, a baby, his parents passed away or whatever. They just didn't know. And um, just a few years ago, his daughter-in-law uh, the laws had changed, I think, maybe, and, and some of the, you know, being able to find some things out. And anyway, long story short, he found out his mother was still living, and she lived in a town just about an hour away from here, not even quite that far. And she had she had married, but she never had any other kids and no, no other children. And as he got to meet her, a mother that he never knew existed, um and found out that she had been praying for him every day, her whole life. Just a beautiful story. And that story, I always think of this, 
there are a lot of brothers and sisters that I meet from time to time that I never knew I even had. And it's, I think it's similarly as special um, as, we, as we are able to visit across the world, actually, nowadays, and not just the United States, um, where we can have that special bond and, and know that there are brothers and sisters out there that we haven't met yet that are our brother and sister. Pretty special thought. Those, so. those common denominators that we have are so precious, and they didn't just happen. It emanates from the Word of God. It's a common faith that we can share. I, too, had an example. I remember very vividly, oh, my, it's been so many years ago, sitting in French class as a sophomore in high school. And it must have been a downtime, and the fellow in front of me swivels his chair around and says, Platner, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to Mansfield, Ohio. Mansfield, Ohio, he said. Who do you know in Mansfield, Ohio? That was the first time that it even dawned on me. And I said to him, oh, I guess I don't know anyone in Mansfield, Ohio. His reaction was interesting. He said, let me get this straight. You're going to go to Mansfield, Ohio and bum off these people you don't even know. About all I could utter was, I guess that's right. It wasn't a unique experience only. It was just one of those things that we just realized what we have is so deep and precious. So as we think about that, it's very obvious that this fellowship is something that God loves, Jesus loves. That right away causes a little caution in my mind because I'm mindful of the fact that whatever God loves, Satan hates, wants to despise, and wants to tear down. What do you think, Brother Jeff, are some of the threats to this fellowship that we enjoy? I think there's a few. One of them might be sometimes different approaches to worship and lifestyle can can sometimes... Uh, threaten that a little bit. I think right along with that, misunderstandings and or drawing conclusions based on limited info about each other. Just a comment I remember my dad saying, you know, there was the old saying by the famous cowboy that said, I never met a man I didn't like. And dad modified that a little bit and he said, I never knew a man I didn't like. And I think if we can really get to know each other and pour into each other, we find out many times that our ideology isn't that much different and that we're really close and it can just really strengthen our fellowship. One other little thing I think that we have to be aware of, we had a a man, an older man, start coming to our Goodfield Church and while he really appreciated the family that he felt, it was a little difficult, difficult for him to break into that. And, and um, he felt a little bit intimidated by our closeness, I think. And so that's just something else where we have to be aware that when people come into our fellowship that we really help them and bring them along and help them to feel comfortable um, as well. That's so true. Well, we look at Corinthians chapter 12 and we learn some of the concepts of the body. And Paul teaches us there through the inspiration of God that it... It is a body of members. And there's a verse in there, it's, it's a paraphrase, but God has placed every member in the body as it pleased him. And 
we read there that some are hands and some are feet, eyes and ears, and some comely and some less comely. And so we think about that and we think of the blend and getting to know each other. You know, that's a biblical directive, both towards leadership, know them that have the rule over you, as well as to know one another. I think of the book of Thessalonians that talks about warning the unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak. How do we know who's who? We need to learn to know each other. And it is obvious that Satan would, would try to tear our fellowship down. And I think a lot of strengthening it may start in just looking at my own heart and seeing how am I doing as far as what God has called me to live and to walk and to be. I really appreciate your your thoughts, Rick. And I think just knowing that strengthening it is very worthwhile is important. Um, I just can't even really imagine. I'm trying to imagine life without the fellowship that we've had. And I, I really, I don't know what that would be like because it permeates into every part of us. And, and, and so just what a blessing that's been over the years. And to, to just know that to strengthen it is worthwhile and is important, I think that's as helpful as anything. No question about that. So one other thing that I thought of, Brother Rick, is is just our fellowship in the in the broader sense, you know, the global Christian church, you know, outside of maybe our denomination. And I think probably all of us have some very, very dear friends that um, maybe attend other churches, other denominations that are really Christ followers. And I think we want to touch on that, too. That's a blessing. Um, with some caution, obviously, as we have to be careful. But there are, I can think of a couple friends that Ruth and I have that have just been very dear to us over the years. And, and it's just a real blessing that, that we have that in common. And even sometimes when you go on vacation and you'll meet people that are Christians that you've never met before, and, and you just have a, a common bond there too as well. So just some things to rejoice about. No, I appreciate that. In fact, that resonates with me. I remember walking the halls of Richwoods High School in Peoria, Illinois, and it was, to me, a very big school, a couple thousand people perhaps. And it was a time growing up when it seemed like the moral fibers of America was sort of starting to break down. And just knowing there were other believers there, I truly sought the depth of my fellowship within our brotherhood, but it was always an encouragement to me to see others that valued prayer and um, loving God and, and doing His service. Yeah, no doubt in the climate that we face in in America today that those those relationships ours first in our own denomination but those other ones are are more and more valuable as we face daunting uh, thought processes and changes in our society so so as I as I think about the broader fellowship and just sort of coming back in from the 30,000 foot view of that into our own fellowship Rick I think of uh, myself and growing up in the Goodfield Church and how, um, you know, I was the pliers-wearing, four-wheel drive, truck-driving kid and and really made some not very wise decisions over time. And even as a brother 
um, maybe handled myself in the wrong way over time and how the Goodfield Church family and others forgave me and mentored me and brought me alongside of them. And obviously, Ruth would tell you real clear, I'm not a finished product yet. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but just that fellowship is sometimes difficult and there's there's things that happen within it sometimes that that aren't easy but when i think of the love and the and the forgiveness and the working together how critical those things are and to know it's not over when a bad thing happens so you're really talking about family yeah and we really provide that for each other that we're members again one of another and i think one of the things that i can do as i listen to you speak is examining my own heart and just reminding myself the words of the scripture in Ephesians 5, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. If I want to gain this forgiveness, this acceptance, this love that I felt, basically the minute I stepped into the doors of our church, then I want to make sure that what I present to others is Christ in me. I think of a beautiful verse in the book of Colossians. I think it's chapter 3, and it's it's maybe not a main point verse, but it, Paul is just talking, and he said, And Christ, comma, who is our life. Yep. And I think of yep. that. Yep. If Absolutely. I can make him my life, it's going to make this thing called fellowship go a lot better. Absolutely. And I think your point about Christ in the center is spot on, and that's where we've got to start and end. Thanks for listening. And if you have comments on Around the Table or ideas for future episodes, let us know. In AC Central, go to the settings menu, select user feedback, and when the web page opens, click the feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church of America.